Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, welcome back. We have had a bit of a hiatus. Not that we ever told you we would or that we even planned to, I don't think. We just got a bit busy. Um, so I guess welcome to season two of God's Best Kids podcast. I am with Opiong as ever. Hello. Nice to be here. It's been a while. But it's good to be back. I agree. I agree. I wanna I wanna get straight into the biggest news in the world of collaboration this week, which from a global perspective is Nike and Tiffany. Yeah. Um, have you seen the Air Forces? I have, yeah, I did. I researched them. Yeah. What's your opinion on the Air Forces? Um, Percy. They're not for me, but I'm guessing they're not trying to tap into my audience. They're trying to tap into a different, like they're trying to go into a different audience. And fair play, why not? Um, I mean, the jewellery industry is forever growing. Um, It's projected to be like something silly, like 500 billion. I think it's the grill, you know, grills? Yeah. Yeah, that... That industry, yeah, trust me, that industry is apparently projected to be worth like £500 billion by 20, I want to say 2030, but that could be outrageous. But yeah, but the point is jewellery, Nike are trying to tap into that industry and kind of collab with um, Tiffany. I do like the little silver thing on the back of the, on the back yeah. of the shoe. I think that adds a bit of, bit of class if you want I, I would, um, it's the only cool thing about the shoe but yeah it's not it's not, it's not something i would wear personally but i'm sure there's others out there and it's kind of it's, it comes out on like the 7th of march as well so it's a bit of a wait and it's pretty exclusive i'd say because you can only get it through like the night plus app and also in like a couple tiffany stores so I think that kind of adds to it as well. See, I in my notes, I wrote down why the fuck are the shoes worse than the accessories? Like, I, I really I... like the accessories and the creative, like, behind it. But have you seen the 2005 Diamond Supply Co. X Nike Dunks? Um, e- I don't know. I saw dunks that were... Yeah, well, in... Nike released dunks that were inspired by Tiffany & Co. Oh, it must be. Yeah, it must be the ones I so saw. They look a lot nicer than the actual Tiffany & Co. collaboration. Like, I I don't know why they chose Air Forces, first of all. Like, I know... I know... I you out there. Like, most iconic. Yeah, but I, I just read a little bit from hype beast about this and i it's already in my notes and i'm glad that that reliable news sources in the fashion industry agree is that collaboration culture is just really disappointing at the moment it's not about and we'll get into that in a minute even more potentially but it's no longer about like these two brands coming together to do something really good it's just you know we'll put our color on it you put your name on it we'll put our name on it and we'll sell out like that and make a quick buck and everyone gets a bit of attention from it like it's it's no there's no detail 
to attention. Like the accessories are really cool, but the shoe is just like black air forces. Yeah. Everyone hates black air forces. Perfect for like those, you know, the, the West London girls, you know, the posh girls, the wannabe roads. Like you get a bit of both worlds in it. You tap into that industry, it's perfect, man. And they're the ones with the peas. They're, they're the ones with the big bucks these days. But on a serious note, I've seen a lot of people call it boring. Um, like you said, it's very instantaneous, I think. Uh, they want they want the attention money quickly. But that's what the world is these times. Like, no one's really waiting to build anything or be patient. Like, it's kind of slightly hedonistic. Everyone wants everything yeah. quickly. Yeah. Have you seen the accessories, though? No, yeah, I was sorry. I, I was just doing that. What accessories are we talking? So they've got a there's, there's a shoehorn, there's a whistle. Um, okay, so a shoehorn. There's there's some laces and there's another thing which is made. I can't remember what it was, but the creative behind those and the, like, even the copy that came with them and everything, they look like real pieces and they're actually like Nike and Tiffany together, like a proper silver whistle with like the Tiffany like grade certification on it but it's a Nike whistle because it's for sports like that is a proper piece of collaborative work putting yeah. another brand's colour on your Nike swoosh is what you do every day of the week anyway just for your normal shoes like you've not oh, I like this one this is quite clean the brush is there oh is it a brush is the last one All right I'm sure it's not a toothbrush. Oh, it's a toothbrush. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I originally thought it was like a brush for your shoes, but it said, don't forget the tongue. So, obviously. Yeah, but it could be a brush for your tongue, as in your shoe tongue. Yeah, it's also like... Many people still have those, though. But either way, that's a good... Like, this is what I mean. There's there's the creative intent there that is actually... Like, that is a nice little piece, like... You could take it either way. It's nice. It does the job. It's so clean. Yeah, see, they're like, they're just lovely. But on from a definitely boring shoe to a another Nike collaborative shoe that comes out in March as well for quite a bit of money. Nike X Cortez. Yeah. What do you think about the shoe? I've seen Clint wear them. Yeah. They're, I, I, I love khaki. I, I love khaki colours. I think his outfit when he was wearing it actually made it look really good. I don't know, like, is it... 110s? I don't know what shoes they are. They are apparently 110s, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I would have said... I See, I don't know enough about Nike silhouettes, to be honest. I would say they're 95s. Nah, they're not 95s, because I've got 95s. Uh, but, I think, yeah, I think they're nice. They're nice. Um, I like the Cortez logo on the, on the tongue, and also on the side of the shoe as well. And I think this is, this is huge for Clint, obviously. Oh, yeah, no. Um, what a deal, by the way. Keeps rising for his doctor rising. So fair play to him, man. I really break the deal. And I really, really like the don't know about you. I really like the, the ad for it as well. I didn't see the ad for it. Unless uh, you're talking about the projection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like I like that too. It's, it I like the song Roll Deep as well. Like that's that's a classic, like I've not heard that for time. And uh, just nostalgia with that. It's funny how um, he did it. Everyone thought that it was just Cortez being like a bit of guerrilla advertising. It's actually nothing to do with Nike. And then 
within a few hours Nike confirm oh no 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 this is a bona fide collaboration yeah. like doing a Cortez drop I agree with you about the Clint side I think I think you could go and say the same thing that I just said and you agreed with for Tiffany and like the, the way that collaboration works these days like for Clint this is massive for Cortez this is massive what it means for for example for pretty much everyone in the UK like in terms of you know you can come from nothing do whatever you want like and like work with Nike on your own kind of basis that's a really big thing but from Nike where is the imagination you you've just taken the Cortez colors like you've just taken like colors that Cortez use regularly and like fits their image and, and their logo and you put it on your like you've not done anything like this is your chance to like have proper process with this up and coming brand and all you've done is like the bare minimum that a collaboration should be like Clint has done amazing to get where he is and do what he's done but you expect more from Nike yeah this deal is also huge for Nike in terms of like they have to get this right because Nike synonymously through the years be like associated and link themselves with like with the streets for example like I say Arsenal have the streets because with that um, Jamaica training top, I saw a lot of that at Carnival. Like, you know, through the inner city kids and just through the whole everything, like, it's important to have... London is such a hotspot, basically, is what I'm trying to say, for fashion and for collaboration and for, you know, opportunities for particularly those from disadvantaged backgrounds um to have an opportunity to kind of rise through the stops. So I think this is huge, as you said, uh, in terms of you can come from minimal um kind of rise and work of Nike. And I think that obviously from Markinson side, this is huge for Nike because they've always kind of had that relationship with London, essentially. Yeah. And like yeah, people from think. London, London creators, particularly yeah. black creators as well. Do you remember the I am a Londoner advert? yeah 2016 and it had like everyone in like yeah as it went from like a Wobie to michael dapper to michael dapper. Like, yeah like yeah you could go on and on gareth southgate was in it like skepta was in it like literally everyone was in it and that's 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 why i'm kind of i'm just disappointed in the nike part is like you've you've got that relationship with london you've got that relationship with literally everyone like you can go to pretty much any estate and no matter where you are and like what kind of area you're in, you will see Nike on every like pair of feet. It's synonymous with just everyone in London. Like it doesn't matter if you're what level you are. Like you can see bloody managers of big companies walking around wearing Nike running shoes as their like daily wear. Like if you live in London, Nike is somehow part of your life. Yeah. And you've got this brand that represents everything like London and especially yeah. the younger generation in London are about. And you, you have not, to get it right. Not miss the mark, but fuck me, you could do more. Yeah. Uh, what would you have added? I don't know. I'm I've I've not I've not got to the I uh, process yet of thinking, what would I have done if I was but like I hope there's more to come because so far this is quite a just a bit of a flash in the pan kind of thing. It, it needs to be bigger it needs to be more 
involved in the community maybe i don't know yeah i hope not i hope clint's getting paid accordingly i i say i swear he said he wasn't going to do collaborations but i don't know how you say no tonight yeah like when night calls when night calls you take it now i mean we'll never know because clint doesn't do interviews so that's true See, yeah, I do. Yeah, he doesn't actually. I know he's done a couple of his friends. Um, he he's collabed with like other smaller brands like Soho Yacht Club. He collabed People. with um, a Nigerian brand as well. Oh, Slawn's one, yeah, Motherland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slawn, Slawn. Do you know Slawn? Great artist. Yeah. I think I I think I knew about Slawn before I knew about Cortez. Like, yeah, he's he's that's another. That's another inspiring story, to be fair. Came to London when he was like 18. What the fuck Sloan Club? Yeah. Maybe we should maybe we should talk about Sloan next episode then. Apparently he's a millionaire. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he, he, yes, he lives in London, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, you'd hope so. Otherwise, he would not be fair and well right now. Millionaire so, selling his art or, and whatever else he does. Though. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine like he... His art must cost a fortune, to be fair, because the following he's got and the kind of attempt, like, no matter whether you actually know about art or care about art or know who the artist is, like, there are people that will buy his art out of, you know, not knowing anything other than, oh, this is a really sought-after piece, so I'm going to spend a fuck ton of money on it. And then there are other people that will buy it because it means a lot to them. But either way, yeah, that guy must make money. It's unique as well, his style. And a single dad. It's, no, he's not. No, he's not, is he? No, he's it's just because he's, he's got he gets in he's trouble. He's got his baby mom. Yeah. He's yeah. The the worst parent the world's ever seen. Is he? He he kind of scares me the way he throws his kid around. Yeah. But then it's not my kid, so it's fine. I mean that kid's gonna have a loving life and a and a fun life, but God, I feel I've, i I don't, I don't know if you're ever gonna hear like Slawn's kid just ends up getting dropped one day, which is like, did you see that tweet you put out saying, ah, oh, I am um, guessing which picture I caught him? Oh, he threw him bare high, innit? Yeah. That's, I, I, that's got to be edited. That's but be but edited. he said, he said, guess which picture I caught him in, which suggests in the other picture he didn't catch his child. Yeah, that's got to be edited, though. That that was really high. <laughs> it was really high. But Sloan is a muscular man. He's He has got some guns on him. That is mad, though. How high that was. That looks... Kids are light. Like kids are light. Yeah, I hear like, that. You can you can pick up a four year old like like piss easy. Like his son's bare cute as well. Bless him. It's so cute. The kids like Godfather uncles, literally Clint and yeah, Skepta. Like uh, the kids sorted realistically in terms of like firstly monetary wise and opportunities. Whatever they want to do. Like is he the? They've got opportunities to fail for free, basically. First truly black nepo baby is. Sloan's baby. That we know, yeah. Yeah, possibly. He's he's changing, he's gonna change the world. Yeah, man. Or he's just out. every other Nepo baby does and like ruin their like parents' legacy by like just having drug parties like constantly and then falling off the wagon and going to rehab about ten times. I don't think Sloan will mind that though, because he's a bit of a nut himself. Like he's not particularly Good luck call up the rehab center like son i'm proud of you 
<laughs> he'll go with him and you know <laughs> it's Nah, but fair play to what he's doing. His baby mum went to the same school as one of our housemates or something. Like she's literally like year above us. Uh like your year. No way. Yeah, man. That's insane. Yeah, but it's minor though. Like, it's calm. I mean, oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. Oh my god. What? Wait, say say what you could say. No, that was just that's just hard. That's just Yeah. I wouldn't like Everyone who does that, fair play, but I could not do that. Yeah, trust. On from one future African Nepo baby. But what is wrong with African football? Like, what is holding it back? Uh, a number of things, man, I'd say. You see, I'm from Nigeria. First and foremost, to be honest, I think excellence, the fact you can be excellent in sport and make a career out of it is something that African parents consider nor push for, nor encourage. That's massive. That is massive. First and foremost, it's always education, education, education. Little Tony Blair quote there. But no, seriously, it is actually education is your ticket out, essentially. And that's what I've experienced and I've seen in other people's... Your Blair right path. No, no, I'm just saying, it's just, I watched the doc recently and it was just educated that's one quote that stuck to me no I, I i hear that a lot second generation kids in general like immigrant kids for example their parents who are like like fully african asian like whatever are very much on like there are like three or four jobs you can get and they're all about like education to the highest degree you can get and then making as much money as possible and working your ass off to like look after your family yeah and that's that's why for that I was I was reading about um I'm in advertising and like there's such a low level of like immigrant children in advertising because it's not considered because you're not allowed like you're not given this whole yeah just be a creative go for it like do because you're told well yeah. you need to learn and you need to shut down early I think yeah. the modern professions are say modern professions but. Professional work, you know, certain professional work is um, put up on a pedestal and looked at, looked at more favourably and looked at as careers you should go for. Well, I'm talking lawyers, doctors, engineers, careers like that. From my research, I would say that probably the biggest part from what I remember is a geography student as well. It's just, there's a lot of corruption in Africa. Yeah, the FAs aren't great insane amount of corruption from like governmental fig- like bodies no matter what kind of governmental body they're meant to be mm. it's not just like the smaller african nations it's also like your ghanas as well ghanaian football struggling um um i'm not sure if it's with ghana so forgive me if i'm incorrect but like you have to essentially pay to play for the national team as well. So that's a bit of discrimination in that way. And that's also the case in a, a South American country that can be... Oh, Mexico. It was Mexico as well. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. The players have to pay to actually compete at the World Cup Surprise. and it's national tournaments. That so, is a country like Mexico, to be honest. Like, with the talent they've got, they shouldn't, like, yeah, you shouldn't have to pay with that much talent. Like, your talent should speak for itself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, they have to pay the FA to 
to so firstly obviously you have to get chosen and then you have to pay to play and then you know that filters out a lot of obviously great talent you know so especially in the lower leagues you're not going to see this rise at all you're not going to get the opportunity to rise as well and I know this is about African football but I know specifically in Mexico they've actually I think they've blocked the FA has specifically blocked the transfers of um, top talent from going to like the USA or to Britain and to like Europe as well so that's something that could I think I wouldn't be surprised if that's happening in Africa as well I, I know Cameroon also definitely do that and that might like I, I read what from what I read Ghana aren't great in terms of I read their um, officials are meant to sell tickets like just release tickets and they kept them for themselves and sold them at higher prices to like scalpers and stuff um right but but Cameroon Cameroon was like the worst I read about they were like out of all of the nations seemingly the worst put together like yeah they they charged their players they uh, eight people died in Cameroon last month actually last week in a stadium crash oh really like that stuff still that that's what the African AFCON was held as well, and there was a bit of stadium trouble also. Well, I did a bit of research and I found 10 instances. Um, like This is a problem that's been going on since 1974. There's definitely more than this. These are just like the 10 big ones. But in the, the 10 that I found, which is over 50 years, by the way, like, and it's still happening, like, it's not changed in 50 years, 400 yeah. people have been killed in 10 instances. That's... It's too many, man. But apparently, the but... corruption um, even goes as far as agents who, from about 15, 16, uh, traffic players into Europe because it will get them more money. So, like, one case of this, for example, is like Ahmed Diallo. He was investigated. It's for United and Sunderland. Yeah, he was investigated how he got into Italy. And so was his brother, Amadou Diallo, who supposedly isn't actually his brother. Um, right. They were just trafficked in as brothers who'd lost their parents so they could get into Italy. Um, that's a really good example. They were smuggled in at like 15 and 16 and apparently a lot of talent is, which is why like African clubs, for example, don't get any money. Like, If you look beyond the corruption of if you did give an African club money, there's a good chance that the people in charge would keep the money for themselves. If you look past that, those people don't even see that money anyway because their players are taken away from them. Like, they don't have the chance of selling professional players because players are just sent to Europe. Yeah. Um, if you contrast that, though, for example, Morocco, yeah. they're, they're an example of where African football has shone and they've ultimately seen the results in that. Obviously, in the World Cup where we reached the semi-finals, like... This has been a project they, they've been working on for years, setting up soccer schools and within local communities, as well as like incredible facilities as well. Um, yeah. In Morocco, I think this is something the government have been trying to do for quite a few years now. And it's obviously got at a certain level of inspiration for the next generation in terms of like this current generation. Like you see, Moroccan, the crop of Moroccan talent is insane. Um, obviously, Ziyech, Hakimi, um, Amrabat, um, goalkeeper, my man, I forgot his name, and a, 
Olani as well. Like the guy just moved to Marseille as well. Top midfielder. So, yeah, really enjoyed watching him. But my point is, the Moroccan FA have invested in infrastructure, um, and invested in their talent as well, and kind of haven't blocked that. And ultimately, they're reaping the rewards now. But the risk is with that. There, uh, I suppose, this for every African country because firstly, African no African countries ever won the World Cup. So when their talent moves to Europe or European country or so anywhere abroad, are they still going to represent Morocco? Mm, uh, I or think that country respectively. So that's a problem. Morocco is where this kind of came from as well. I think is because Morocco did so well that at least I and as always, like me and you, kind of have similar thoughts. Like we thought it was worth talking about. Why? Why can Morocco's like? They didn't put so much money in. They put good, like they did put good investment in and like have a clear plan. It's more the plan than anything, but they built like a state of the arts facility and it's reaped its, like they've reaped their rewards for it. Like yeah. why can't any other African nation seem to get on that kind of bandwagon? Um, I've just found the Cameroonian thing, by the way. Level of corruption in Cameroon means that the team's coach doesn't actually pick the team politicians and even criminals do which is where the pay to play idea comes from Oof. insane yeah i imagine so, you know, the cameroonian mafia deciding whether you're allowed to play today yeah it's true on the topic of why african football is um, failing well in some parts of africa there's, there's still um a level of stereotypical gender roles um, they're still ingrained within the culture of those countries. So that's why I think it's difficult to see progression in female football. Um, there are a lack of or very little number of African football, female footballers anyway, because um, like I said, some believe um, women should still be um, doing household um, chores and childcaring essentially. Um, so I think that's why African footballs particularly struggle to progress. And some men perhaps feel like, like previously said, sporting excellence isn't a viable option for them to essentially be successful and get rich, even if they do have the talent. Because there's a, there's a huge element of risk um, when, when going into sport, obviously. Injuries being fucked over by agents or clubs or whatnot, you know, not getting worth your pay. So, you know, if you don't come from a particular the wealthy background, I feel like obviously you don't get to fail for free, essentially. But obviously if you're from a, a less fortunate background, your failure comes at a cost bit with your family and, you know, yeah. just lack of opportunities thereafter. Um, we've obviously seen this week the Brighton player Casado trying to push. He's not African, but he's Ecuadorian. But he has a. I saw that he has like nine siblings, so he was naturally trying to push for the move. Yeah, yeah. he's naturally trying to push for a move to a bigger club for obviously more money because he he's reportedly only on three grand a week at Brighton, which is insane. And so I, I know. Yeah. I could do a free grand a week, me, but 
it relatively compared to other foot Premier League footballers. Oh, well, I was thinking about this the other week because my my cousin made a good point about people don't talk about footballers' wages enough. Like you look at Jaden Sancho on two hundred fifty grand, I think, or three hundred. No, it's not. It's three hundred fifty, bro. Right, he, but he's yeah. paid a bank. Right, it's stupid, but. This isn't in support of him being paid that much. I still think it's ridiculous. But people always look at that number. They don't look at the, right, half of that pretty much is taken away in tax straight away. 175 grand, he's now on. Then you have to give at least 10% of that 350 grand to an agent. And then PR agencies and anyone else who helps you along the way, dietitians, chefs, like... They do make a fuckload of money, but the, the the people going, oh yeah, it's like if when Ronaldo was making five hundred grand a month, going, oh he makes two million a month, no five hundred grand a week, like oh he makes two million a month, that's twenty four million a year. I'm like, well, no, it's not. It's like maybe a few million a year. Still, they still make a fuckload of money. I, I know they do, <laughs> but like it does go places. Like footballers no, are really important for like our tax system. To be honest, like yeah. That 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 uh celebrities in the country in our country that we know pay taxes. To be fair, yeah. a lot of them don't, including like our own prime minister. But that's minor. Um, no, but he's not rich. He's financially fortunate. Oh uh, yeah, I saw that. Disgusting. He he's also really small. <laughs> We've had this conversation before, but he's tiny. He is. Um, he is but... actually like five foot six or five. No, like no joke. He's five foot six. No, I know, I know. He's he's it's hilarious. He's he's like, he looks like a child when he like walks. There's, yeah. I was just like, oh, what's that? What's that disease that people have? Like, is it like something button syndrome or something where they never, yeah. like, people don't ever look older. Like they just look like they're a child. They they age really slowly. He kind of looks like that. But <laughs> on the African thing, football thing, um, I did come across an African blog, actually. Oh, yeah. Written in 2010 about the state. Of <laughs> and this guy, um, his first point, which is quite a good point, is that, that it's about attitudes in Africa. Like, you've you've touched on those quite a bit. And another one is, he says... It's chaos with no long-term vision, and people believe in miracles more than actual talent. So if in you what? miracles more than actual miracles, yeah. Oh. So like, if you look at an FA, for example, in Africa, they're gonna think if we win, we win because like you know whatever happens, we've 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 performed a miracle if we win. Like they don't think right if we do this, then this, then this, then this, and then in five years, like they don't do a Morocco. They go. According to this guy, he says they're just like, you know, we might be planning like one day. And no plan, no strategy. Yeah. He also said that I thought this was a really good point. I haven't thought about this. And I noticed that at the World Cup, there's a lot of European managers in charge of national African teams. It's changed a little bit more recently, but just typically n- national teams in Africa have been quite heavy frequently coached by European coaches. He says this is like kind of an overhang of like colonial times, a white man to be the leader for some reason. And he then forms these like relationships with players 
for example, and he takes them to Europe anyway. So the good players are never going to stay in Africa to like make the leagues better. A really big part of all of what I read was the leagues are just not good. Like the yeah. most valuable league in Africa is the Egyptian league, which is a hundred million pounds value. That hundred million pounds. That is a Jack Grealish. <laughs> one one player in the Premier League on the good side of average player in the Premier League is the same value as the whole of the Egyptian league. And then the next closest is worth 18 million pounds. Wow. Damn. Like it's insane. Um and apparently <laughs> a big part of that is TV rights and sponsorships don't exist anymore because clubs rely on that stuff and gate receipts for massive part of their like profits and ever since people have been able to access like european leagues on tv they've just not bothered watching african football they don't turn up to games they don't like there's very often stadiums are empty or have like a few fans scattered here and there but there's like no one watches the game there's no money in it so everyone leaves for europe anyway so it's kind of a like a cycle yeah if you if you don't get poached at the age of 15 or 16 and you'd stay well you just stay on your moral grounds if you want to <coughs> if, if you try to do that as a player you're going to get fed up because you're not going to get paid any money you're not going to be given your worth and you're very unlikely to be picked for your national team if you actually play in africa so yeah. there is nothing there that's that's where it comes from it's the grassroots level just upwards is shit maybe european clubs should make like soccer schools there but then again they're still going to europe but could be a start maybe they should make like you know how chelsea have vitesse they should yeah yeah oh yeah make an african club yeah yeah that could work and city have loads around the world lagos city fc connected to whom new york city fc manchester city oh right yeah melbourne is it melbourne i think yeah 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 melbourne i think we've we covered the topic pretty well I think so. Yeah. So I still believe I still believe an African country will win a World Cup within our lifetime lifetimes. Obviously, I hope it's Nigeria. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the belief. There's always been exceptional talents coming out of Africa, bro. Yeah. It's always just, been world class talent coming out. It's just a shame that because of the system, a lot of them don't end up either playing for Africa or African nations or just don't have the structure around them that will ever get them like at least the national glory that is deserved. Yeah. Absolutely. So fingers crossed. Nigeria. Even yeah. Ghana looking better than Nigeria these times. Do you not think I'd... of it? Okay. Yeah, but obviously I'm gonna bet my own. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But if if you had if you had the bet, if you had to be clever with your money, would you go for Morocco? Perhaps. Yeah. Algeria, Maybe. that the techie North African ballers. They're serious. Oh, here's here's to the African nations pulling their finger out of the ass and following Morocco's footsteps. Now. <coughs> Invest in your infrastructure, keep your players, and you know don't be corrupt and have a plan instead of going. Well, if we like hope strongly enough, then we might win a match. Yeah, but put the short term is in everything in this world is short term. Nothing lasts. No one wants it to last. When the African FAs come together and all have five-year plans, then we'll get somewhere. Yeah. All you need to do is get the FAs on Hustle TikTok, and then they'll be like, as you say, 
we've covered that pretty well. And on to a very related topic. Like these are so closely linked. SUV drivers really piss me off. Oh, uh, okay. I don't have much to say about this. I don't. Not not every SUV driver, and not like there's the very big category. Like there's a niche here. What, um, what happened this week? But what's made you say that? Oh, this was about a month ago. <laughs> I've, okay. I've 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 had this in the notes for our podcast since. Like, there's a lot of country lanes around me. Right. Why the fuck are people more scared of bushes on their left that are standing still than a car coming directly towards them the opposite? Like, why the fuck do people leave, like, a metre to the bush on their left and, like, clip my wing mirror? Oh, you have your wing mirror clips. How, how the... Yeah, a few times now. Like, how the fuck... My wing, my wing mirrors, like, crack when they open up because they've been hit like but you know this is a like relatively softer object it's a load of branches that can compress and are stationary versus a car coming towards you at 40 miles an hour that is made of metal and if it impacts you it will crash directly into where you're sitting mate it's so stupid (laughs) it's just just fucking drive like a person with a brain, and but like it's it's also it's because of the SUV driver like bloody trend. Like I know I know SUVs are trendy. Trend? Oh yeah, like they're trendy. It's like everyone's current. <laughs> yeah, like for the last five years or so, it's been the current like go-to vehicle for most people. Um, there's a reason, for example, Lamborghini, Aston Martin, and Ferrari have all abandoned their design like rules to make an SUV same with Bentley like they've all made SUVs because they are the market leaders at the moment because it's just what's on trend is to get a big car um but like what do you need it for sorry as I say I live on country roads I will get one one one-on-one with a Land Rover and the woman will just stare at you there's mud to your left, a little like a little muddy alcove that her Land Rover could go through without a problem. My little Fiesta, my little front wheel drive Fiesta. If that wheel gets lifted off the ground for a second or whatever, I'm not getting out of that muddy alcove, and I'm gonna have to call the farmer to come and pull me out. She would have no problem, but I'm the one that has to go in the dirt because I don't want. She doesn't want to hurt her precious little Range Rover. Mm-hmm happens all the time it just sucks like people shouldn't buy big cars if they can't drive a big car wow sorry about that buddy thank you sorry you had to go through that yeah i'm not even gonna bother try trying to gaslight you to think it's not that bad but you don't drive that much so yeah i don't yeah i don't i don't feel your pain sorry about that right anyway 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 that yeah. is my rant of the week. I'll be back at the same time next week to complain about something completely trivial that no one cares about other than me. Um, our is this, is this the, the off the week? Yeah. I want to add something, though. I thought of this while I was making myself my coffee. 
So we can leap back around to it if you think of something because it's obviously off the cuff. Winner of the week and loser of the week. Yeah, that's quite good. Because yeah. I don't know who my loser of the week is. S S SUV drivers. Loser of the week's got to be the Nadine Zahari. Ooh, see, my loser of the week was the Crown Prosecution Service. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both very, both in for good shouts. Um, winner of the week, even Newcastle United going to Wembley for the first time in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, who's your winner of the week? I've I've been struggling. I've I mean I know it's only been <laughs> ten minutes, but I can't. But another net another loser of the week would net for be Netflix. I'd say passwords. Um, sharing. Let's stop it. You have to log in every thirty-one days from your home device, otherwise they'll battle block your account. Like that is ridiculous. I love how everyone brings out that tweet they made in twenty seventeen. Yes, like... I liked it yesterday. I was like, just. Because this is really going to affect your company. I'm going to like it now. Have they added ads yet as well? Petty shit. Um, I think so. I'm not sure. because I've never had ads yet. I think you have to be on a specific payment. I think they might have added a cheaper payment option in so that if you want to like, not pay as much money, you get ads. But yeah. so if you've already got a standing subscription, they might not put you on it. Yeah. Have you watched Break- Breaking po- Breakpoint? Yes, I have. How would you do make of it? I think it's a bit like Drive to Survive. It is made by the same people with the same kind of goal. Um, same way I like Drive to Survive in terms of they both give you a like look into the world and the lives of people that you like look up to or stories that you follow, but you don't get to know much about. Like I don't know, I like I love tennis, but I don't much know much about the players. So it's really cool from that aspect to see there are things where some of them are dating, isn't it? Yes, I forget. Like it's so incestuous. Like really, like I forget how many like tennis players just date each other, and because that is your world. Like you're traveling together all the time. Like who else are you gonna meet? Like these are the people you're with like twenty four seven. Um, but I think it's a bit painful as like someone who is quite a tennis fan. Like in moments, just the same as Drive to Survive, where it's got to kind of over explain things for the audience that aren't as into it so that they understand what's happening. Like I really appreciate it because it grows the sport. It grows the game. It means there's more eyes on it. Same with there's going to be, they're going to film the um, six nations starting tomorrow. Um, really? Netflix, which I'm quite excited about. So yeah, I like it. I love that. I love the whole point of growing the game. Just is a bit painful to watch in moments when you know about the game, just like Drive to Survive was, like, mm. some moments they make seem worse than others. Also, did, like, for example, do you, do you remember that Nadal won the Australian Open? Yeah. When they're, like, making the second episode and they say, there are all these young competitors, they're like, Nadal's got his work cut out from him. It doesn't look like it's going to be his year. There's all these guys that are going to come through and beat him. And you just, I just watched it and go, well, no, because, like, everyone knows that he became, like, the most ever Grand Slam winner by winning this tournament. So you've ruined it for me by trying to force this fake narrative. Clay is or Nadal is Clay. Um what did you make of his uncle coaching the Canadian guy and his um 
press conference, his interviews. I thought... I, I forgot his name, Uncle something, but yeah. Uncle Nadal, let's call him that. Okay. I think it's Tony, I'm not sure. Um, Uncle Tony! That's it. Yeah, it is Uncle Tony. Um, so at first when I heard it, I was like, ah, oh, that's just not really good. I would not want that. Like, I'd fight that guy if that was my coach. But the way that you see Felix... Um, the way he talks about it suggests that he knew that's the kind of thing that would happen. Like he said that they'd already he'd already known that if he was ever going to come up against Rafa, that his coach would be in favor of Rafa. So the fact that they'd already spoken about it made me think, oh, it's not that deep then. Like it was heightened by Netflix though. Well, um, naturally. I said it was heightened by Netflix, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, like, it's quite different. definitely worsened. But like the fact, I, I, yeah, the fact that he was like, yeah, it doesn't matter to me, means that yeah. they they spoke about it. If he's if he's fine with it, he's the player. It doesn't matter. I found Taylor Fritz pretty painful. Oh, I don't. Um, yeah, we we don't like Taylor Fritz. Yeah, he he sounds like your typical spot brat. You know, but he's 24, right? Yeah. Um, He's already been divorced once. Shut up. Got a child. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. With an Actually, Mazaline. Yeah, I think he was 18 when he, like, got married. Got, ma- like, married 18. Yeah. I think they had the child then as well or something. I can't remember how old the child is, but, like, this man has, you know, is he's got his... Girlfriend, he's got his baby mama, he's got his child. And his girlfriend, by the way, fuck me. The thing that pissed me off so much was that they were like, they said, oh, and I help him as much as I can. What was on screen while she was saying that was her filming a TikTok of her at tennis. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who was it? One of the, it might have been her, but I think it was her. No, 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 no. It was Kiros's girl. She's she's just like your typical shallow wag that's not particularly that bright. So is Fritz's girl. Like they both are. Like every single time that Kyrgios's girl came on the screen, I was just like, Yeah. Like, it's just painful. Their relationship's really weird. It's, it's like, I don't I don't want to get sued, so I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not saying anything overly. I'm just saying I don't like her. That's fine. She's not gonna watch um, this. Yeah, sure. You never know, though. Um, yeah, Fritz. I didn't. I didn't know that. Is it the Indiana Open? The Indian Wells? Yeah, Indian Wells. Yeah. We need to go to that. That looks lit. Yeah. That yeah. looks. It's West Coast money, isn't it? So it's yeah. kind of yeah. No, it's it's the new money ends. See, that's the only problem. That's. That's a good thing you've just done there. That's the only way you could probably get me to go to America, especially the West Coast. New money ends. But I'd, I'd go to New York. New York, yeah, that's old maybe, money. Maybe Philly, maybe Chicago. That's about it. <coughs> yeah, um, there's obviously the four big ATP tour like, yeah. competitions. And then I forget there's like all these... Kind of lesser one, like little ones that aren't as recognised as much. Um, but the new, the new, new episode coming out in June as well. So hopefully, I'll see myself at Wimbledon. Like when they, I didn't, I wasn't even aware they were filming this. So 
But yeah. you don't swim more than this year. Um, yes, you are. That's after you shaking your head. Um, I need to enter. No, you don't. You just need to walk in and pay for a ground pass, and then you can have a good day. True. Well, we might do that. Then. Um, is does this mean breaking point is your yeah we me and you? Oh uh, yeah, that's what I, thought. I thought it was all like you and no. our editor. Say no. Um, she do it as well because she would love to. But yeah, of course. Talking. I'll I'll bring a date as well. What's best kids on tour? <laughs> um, so is that your audio visual of the week then? Would you say? Um, yeah, yeah. Audio visual of the week also. I would have gone. It was an advert. Uh, obviously, the Cortez one purely for the song, and. Cortez ever. I thought I thought that was insane. Like London. That represents me. Um I love the I love the song. Best it was big we're gonna be here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fair play. Um so yeah, what's your all day all day visual the week? Mine oh. is the menu. It's uh Oh, we watched this the other night. It's, yeah. it's so good. Hey. Ray's just so tapped. Oh, Why is he cutting off his finger? That is right. right. Are you trying to spoil it for people? This I don't care, bro. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Fuck that. If, if you can't watch that film without appreciating what's just gone on there, then it's so right. I love the simplicity of the cheeseburger. There. That was quite good. Ray's fine. In of making him happy again. He's amazing as an actor. Who? Ray finds the. Oh, the chef. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's he in? I better recognise him. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, um, James Bond. He's Q in James Bond. No, he's M. He's M in James Bond. Uh, Q is the young guy. Yeah, Q's the... Oh, ben Kisham or something. But he's he's just so good in his role. Everyone in that... Like, he really scares me. He just scares, he scares me. Like He always plays like these oh, dark characters. Yeah. Oh, okay. You have degrees from the same university. Are you that's cool? Me and Ray, oh, Harry Potter, of course. Me and Ray are alumni buddies. He's Voldemort. That makes sense. That's um, like, but the yeah, cast, he's, he's taps, right? He's he's the just cast, a tap the cast is like perfect, like everyone does their role so fucking well and. You you just genuinely never know what's coming next. Like it is, it's a and it's a really good, like conceptual story at play. Like if you haven't watched it, despite what Offer Young is saying, I really recommend to do because I've watched it twice. I watched it twice in two days because I was just like I watched it with one group of people and then I was like, right, you lot have to see this to another group of people. So I watched it twice, both times, loved it. Um, second time through, you learn, you notice a lot of things, a lot of foreshadowing, a lot of like really good pieces of work in there that like really. <laughs> Nicholas Holt, he's grown up, bro. I was, you know, I used to watch this guy in Skins. I've never watched like, him. Do you know who Nicholas Holt is? He's the one that's, um, he's a really eager foodie. Oh, Tyler, Tyler. Tyler, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. brought another girl on a date. <laughs> Like all these rich people getting fucked over. I don't mind that. That's too fair. Actually, this is it's a really good, it's a really good concept. Um nah, but why do you have to chop off his finger? Like allow it. There's no need for that one. 
If you don't get the art, you don't get the art. It's okay. Just I don't get the art of chopping off someone's fingers, mate. Right. You shouldn't have tried to escape, though. You should have just asked him to make a cheeseburger so he could ignite happiness in him again. Yeah, but and he it... wouldn't know to make the cheeseburger unless he'd been to the little room. And you don't go to the little room unless you've escaped. Yeah. See, plot hole fixed. Um, and everyone goes up in flames. Yeah, I just ruined it because... Yeah, just watch it. Um, I wouldn't go as far as fucking sick. I was expecting a bit more. Like it's got like eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think that's slightly too low. I think it's like eighty-seven. Uh-huh. It's got eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. And I would say it probably deserves eighty-seven. Like I don't know if I'd put it in the nineties, but it is a very good film. Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a decent film. It's a decent. Like, the way everything fits together, it's also. What I love is it's a director who has just made this really good piece of art where everything works together and you don't know what's coming next. Whilst a chef is also doing exactly the same thing right in front of you because he's making his own art and his art. Anyway, track of the week. (laughs) The bread thing was, sorry, the bread was funny. (laughs) Uh, Track of the week. Probably Us Against the World by Strands. You listen to that? I don't know. Sure. Um, I also love Gorilla by Lil Sims, by the way. So I'll go for that. Gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. Sims, who's got the keys, my blood club, them up. Yeah, that thing. That's, that's it. I love Lil Sims. She's also in Top Boy. She's a good actress, brilliant actress. You like Lil Sims? She's really, like, conceptually, I don't know if you watched her. Uh, did she make it for No Thank You? I can't remember. But yeah, for No Thank You, she made a film. Like of all of the songs, it's go on her YouTube channel, watch it. It's like 25 30 minutes, and she like made a full album music video. It's really good. She's she's just a really good artist. Um, like everything she does is art in one way or another. Mm. Like she's she's like, in my opinion, as artists go, as musicians, she's like Koji Radical and her are the top two, but yeah, good song. My choice. Um, I've heard the name Joe James before. Never really listened to him. Joe James. Joe James, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tipton, um, Tipton or something. London Tipton is stuck in my head at the moment. Like the last two, three weeks, I would like, for example, I would just be walking around and just going, Posh girl screaming out, yay, me, like London Tipton. And I, and then I'll just get a look and a roll of eyes and I'll be like, I'm sorry. Like, it's stuck in my head. I can't do anything. Listen to Mumsy as well. That's quite a good tune by Joe, yeah. Joe James. Yeah, yeah, Joe James. I just stumbled upon both those songs by the way, as well. But he's another one that's like I think he this week I saw him like tweet about like how he doesn't like being called UK chill rap or whatever. But if you want, he is kind of in that umbrella of the underground artists that aren't really that underground anymore, like the Ashbecks and you know people like that. So yeah. He's only got um, 225,000 listeners on Spotify, so he's fairly small. He's not that chill. Like, he's not, he's not exactly. That's why, that's why he doesn't like because that's not his middle. Like, he's he's not aggressive, but he's not, he's definitely not chill. Like, he's just a good lyricist, really. Like, he's not, I don't think he's an amazing level of lyricism yet, but he's a good wordsmith. Like, that's what his work kind of. Mumsy's a very good tune. Okay, I shall listen. Do you have a garment of the week? 
Garmin. Oh uh, yeah, I got a two. Doesn't have to be moment, but if you if it is, that's even better. I'm gonna get it. Is that okay? Go go. Ooh. Ooh. Both so, sides. Yeah, this one's a a waffle Henley T-shirt from Uniqlo. Nice. Love really you. like that. And this one's um a knitted knitwear um cotton vest thing that's pink and I quite like it. It's really subtle as well. Yeah, it's salmon. It's salmon. Yeah, yeah. You can barely see that it's salmon from, from this. Might be the lighting, might be the camera, might be okay. Yeah, yeah that's those are my car garments. Do you have a bit of knitwear? Like I mean, this, if I had to choose something I've got myself, probably this right now. I love it. Um, or actually the joggers I'm wearing. <coughs> They're made by Bam. They, they, they make stuff with bamboo. Like, really good. Stuff. Really good company. Everything is super comfy. Like, if I stand on my chair, you can... They're just, they're just lovely joggers. Like, they're just good. Colors called nice. Swamp. They got 20 quid. Bargain Hunter, down from 70 quid to 20 quid. Um, wow, where from? Bam, B-A-N, clothing. B-A-N, Bam Blue. Just Bam, they make clothes out of Bam Blue. And yeah. if I had to choose something that I don't own, it would be the Kangol golf cap. Samuel L. Jackson's staple. Like, I've always wanted, I know I couldn't pull one off, which is why I don't have one, but I've always wanted one. They just look so cool. Like, if you search Kangol golf cap, you will just get pictures of Samuel Jackson. It's just that. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. I could definitely pull one off. Yeah, you probably could. Like, it's it would suit your head. It would just suit. <laughs> as long as you've got the right hair for it. Like, oh, I that's think, so cool. I think it's better when you've not got much hair. Yeah, um, I thought he's Samuel Jackson. That's quite funny. Yeah, he does wear them all the time. Do you have a sports fixture of the week? Yeah. February the 15th, day after Valentine's Day, Arsenal versus Manchester City at the Emirates Stadium. Sports fixture to look forward to. Um, Could be a title decider. We don't know. Um, if, you, if you win that game, that could be it done, really. Um, for me, I've got Leeds United versus Man United. It's at Ellen Road, so you know the crowd are going to be like expecting... Leads to deliver like Man United players heads on the plate. Just classic rivalry. 13th of February, I think, or 12th of February. Leeds United hosting Manchester United. I'm really interested to see just how we fare without Christian Eriksen and how Marcel Sabitzer may be playing. What's your opinion of Sano? Sabitzer, very versatile. A lot of people have hyped him up more than I would have considering he's a loan signing that was forced by an injury. Um, and Which was such a needless injury, by the way. Yeah, and Andy Carroll should have an investigation into him, but, you know... That was outrageous. Not even a card for it as well, which is that tackle he was... Yeah, yeah, has been awful recently, well. Yeah, that is... Um, that is Fabinho had one as well. It was really bad. I, mm, yeah. Evan Ferguson. And, and like, he... And I've never seen someone so obviously look like he knows he's getting a red card and not get anything. Yeah, he had a face of a guilty man. Yeah, that was poor. 
Well, that is it, though, I think, for this week. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, quick one. Signing of the week. Signing of the transfer. Of the January transfer window. You go, I, I would say Enzo. Enzo, Fernandez, yeah. Like, yeah. Insane at the World Cup. He might not do it in the Premier League. He might especially not do it at Chelsea. They're not exactly in a good place. I can't imagine spirits are the highest. Like he might be walking into quite a difficult dressing room at the moment. So bonding and getting everything he needs out of it might be quite difficult. But I'm excited to see what he can do if he can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I just remembered who my winner is there. Your old schoolmate. She could be signed for Arsenal. Well, she's not at the moment. She stayed. Yeah. World record fee for her. Yeah. That's my star. star girl. Winner of the week from our hometown. Manchester United player. 500 grand would be the most expensive fee in women's football. She's still really young as well. That's that's what's so impressive about it. Like it's not like it's not five hundred grand for like someone who's won the Ballon d'Or. Like it's not like you're signing Lucy Bronze for like five hundred grand. You're signing like so a twenty-two year old player, twenty-three year old player, whatever. She, how like twenty-two or twenty-three? Three yeah. or five hundred grand. Like that means she's her value is only going to go up anyway. So yeah. But Just, she she's a she's a United fan, so I doubt she'll move. I think stuff like that has always comes into play. Like, but, but it depends for some people, I suppose. The only yeah, the only thing I was thinking was it depends how being up north is for her in terms of family. Like, obviously, she's yeah. a southern girl. If she wants to be down south to be close to family, that would make sense too. So, and live in London, like yeah. Well, I think particularly for footballers, been living the London lifestyles pretty key for them. I think, especially I think, their their partners love it. Well, I think, but I think that's more also like a foreign player thing because yeah. like foreign players don't want to be stuck out in like you know what what like Brazilian wants to like move to England to stuck in <laughs> like he wants to be on T side like you know surrounded by. Nothing. Um, I said Leeds, but there are a couple of Brazilians there. Like Mike Rodrigo. Yeah, most of them do want to come to London, man. Yeah. Be foreigners. But yeah, solid, solid, solid episode. Yeah. I, well, I, I enjoyed it. Season two better than ever. Vamos. We will see you hopefully next week. Thanks for watching. Yeah. Thank I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to recover. I hope I hope you've enjoyed our I hope you've enjoyed our comeback. Um we'll be here yeah. same week. Um, our redemption arc is better than ever, man. Nice to see everyone. Adios. Also keep up with your duolingos, everyone, because I am. We we must go. I have things to do. Likewise. Sure you do too. So love and affection. Bye. Love and affection. Bye. Bye.